All right, folks, you know what time it is. It's time for an ad for Overcast. Overcast is an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. As always, you can get it for free on the App Store. Hey, hey. What's up, y'all? This is Ergo. It is. It really, really is. I'm really, really Kiss. I am absolutely Damon. And what we do here is really, really, really shape the culture of our city and beyond the more liberatory and creative. We got a great episode for you this week, talking with someone who's been, you know, part of our ecosystem, our communities for as long as the show's existed and beyond. And we're excited to, to share this conversation with Thought Poet. Thought Poet is a photographer, organizer, movement builder, and lover of people you know i think one of the things he has modeled the most in community is is being present and showing up and being supportive but also being vulnerable and transparent and so he he's basically talking through those two poles of the way in which he needs support wants support offers support uh while also being you know very honest and truthful about the difficulties and struggles about existing in community creating you know work independently and also some of the nuances of the experiences in organizing spaces you should follow him on instagram to see more of his work you can kind of branch out from there he's yeah, get, at- the, get the pictures to what we're talking about it's, it's uh-huh. hard to talk about pictures so you should really go check him out see him throw throw some likes and support to him he's at thought poet 77 and also just want to you know dedicate this episode to his family and to his father um it's actually we commend him for being in this conversation because um not too long before we started recording we learned that his, his father had recently transitioned and so condolences to thought poet and to his family and you know also healing to all of those grieving the the many and uncountable losses that we all are experiencing in our community all right let's get into it with thought poet yeah All right, we are here and we're going to our roots with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Our our work started with, you know, documenting, covering, amplifying the intersection of two deeply related communities, the the movement, political organizing spaces here in, in Chicago and the local grassroots formations connected to that and also the dynamic independent artistry and mutual aid style support ethic um, that informs creativity for our generation and for our city. And today we have a beloved member of both of those communities, somebody who embodies the intersection of our show and is just a loved one. We got the one and only thought poet with us. Put up, put up, put up, put up. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. This has been like a like a like a like a Chicago goal. If you've been in the Chicago art scene the goal is to uh, get on Ergo or nobody knows you, per se. Not saying oh, that you weren't known before, but, you know, people fuck with you afterwards. So I'm very excited to be here. You are a living embodiment of that not being true. Because although you've been on the channel in, in a certain auspice, you you are well-known and well-beloved. And this is not a validation, but a celebration of who and what you already are. And with that being said, let's start the celebration with, a, with our two-part tradition uh, the question that grounds us in this time and define time, however you would like, Chris, this day, this hour, this season, this lifetime, in this time, how are you treating the world and how is the world treating you? Wait, that fucked up? <laughs> you said Wait, it backward, but it is. Yeah, it hold works. on. Let me, do, let me re-edit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping both. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm tweaking. How is, <laughs> how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? I actually really like that question. Um, Thank you. And I, I think it's because, like, because I, I, I've been trying to pray a lot. Because in like the past two years, I've like gone through a lot as far as like even how I even present myself um, in public. Like, like most people know me as Chris, but a lot of people know me as Isaiah Thoughtful of Vinay. 
And that came from, you know, me just having to understand that I have to protect like a lot of things. And I also have to be very like honest about a lot of things. But I, every every morning I pray, I try to pray that I become a better vessel to uh, just push out positivity and not even on some like, oh, like uh, if you see Christ in me, everyone see Christ, like no shit like that. But like, you know, if if a person doesn't see any type of kindness, like in a 24 hour time period, if God puts me in their path, please let me have some type of good impact. Like, you know, if I give them a compliment or, you know, we have a good conversation, like something, you know what I'm saying? And for me, that's been like do or die. It's like, no matter what's going on with me, no matter how I'm being treated, I want to keep pushing out being positive um, just because I feel like in these times, it's like, that's all that really matters. The way you treat people is damn near what's going to be remembered damn near 10 years from now. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's mind is so fixate on, 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 you know, trying to either protect themselves or, you know, like protect what's dear to them, which is understandable. You know what I'm saying? But I, I would say I'm trying to put more positivity in the universe as much as I can. How I've been treated, it, it's been interesting. My biological mother, uh, Corinthia, says uh, new levels, new lessons or some shit like that. So it's like, instead of you looking at, you know, things around you as like, oh, damn, like something's happening and now more things are happening and I don't know how to like, you know, control it. It's like, all you can control is yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like you really can't control anything else except yourself. And I think on some like shadow work tip, like I've been really coming into just like real, just acceptance about that. And just like understanding that only what I'm putting out is important. The way I've been treated is not what's important. It's how I'm treating other people, no matter what. At least that's how I've been trying to, do life lately <laughs> it's not always easy to do it that way but, it's yeah. not it's i prop man it's a lot of reasons why i'm thinking like that because it's like i said it's like every especially in this organizing community that i love so much it's like so much has happened being able to still put out love and like you know kindness to people like that's what's important and that's what's helped a lot of people in the last just two years alone just because of all of the transitions and just rebirths that have been taking place yeah it's, it's been it's been interesting watching it unfold and also being a part of it yeah, i just for you know getting to any follow-ups i want to start early with with my gas and, and affirmation and just look you know the way you open that answer that response is like a perfect embodiment of how thought poet treats the world and so i just want to you know, say I love you up top and just acknowledge how consistently over the last, you know, I can't even remember the pinpoint the moment that we met, but it's, it's, it has felt like a, you know, a familial connection for a while now. And I've seen you in so many spaces and there are few people ever that are as consistently tender and generous and caring and loving as you have been, not just to me, but to the world and to, you know, everybody that you touch in our spaces. And they, you have a passion for community that is unique. And like before we talk about the, you know, the pictures or the accolades or the crazy shit with cops and all of that, like <laughs> that, that is your superpower that is, you know, exceptional about how loving and how committed and resilient you are and loving folks. So I just want to offer that to you as we start off and just let you know that that has been felt and received and the way you name attempting to show up to the world is how you show up to the world and how the world sees you and, and you deserve to get that love back. Man, I, I appreciate that, G. Like, I, I, I truly, truly, truly hear, like, hear and appreciate you saying that. And when it comes to, you know, being in, in, in these different spaces, um, that you and me have particularly been in, you know what I'm saying? As far as like organizing and, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm truly just a hood. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people forget that when it comes to being in this community is like, I'm not no, you know, I went to a, a quote unquote prestigious, you know, CPS school. I didn't, I don't have, you know, friends that uh that necessarily are like you know chicago famous or shit like that like i truly came from like a 
CPS, not so great high school. You know what I'm saying? And I came into this community trying to learn what does it mean to, you know, uplift black women and not be problematic on some like black man shit or like, you know, any of the things that we've learned, especially being in this community. And like, I learned from you specifically how to attempt to be consistent just because, I mean, like we both said, like it's hard to, to do that. You know what I'm saying? And, and as much as we love this community, you know, it, it, it is a lot of difficulties trying to remain consistently positive when, you know, sometimes doing this work does not allow you to be consistently positive or positive at all sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And so, shit, you telling me that, I, I appreciate it because I really do be looking at Damon like, damn, like, like what would bro do if he was in this situation? Because normally I'd have jacked. I'd have got to cuss bro out. I ain't even going to lie. <laughs> like, that would be me off of that. Like, you can ask my partner. Like, that. That that's me just because, like, and and this is, I guess, connected to a lot of the shit I like, like uplift. It's like, you know, most black men, even them being able to show emotion, let alone tenderness or like, you know, kindness, that shit's unheard of, especially then they're being in Chicago, just because if you truly living in like a very urban area, like you aren't allowed to really show that type of like emotion. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like the more you show it, the more you seem like you're less accept it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like just being around individuals like yourself, you know, have really been showing me like, you know, you can still be very much so yourself and be like, oh, well, somebody say you soft. It's like, all right, nigga, I'm soft. So, you know what I'm saying? What's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't finna touch me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Let's have a conversation about why you think being soft is not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's have that conversation. So, nah, bro, I want to I want to throw that back on you as far as giving flowers, because I truly do learn from you uh-huh. a lot of the time with that shit. So, yeah, I, I, I receive it. And I was going to make a self-deprecating joke, but I couldn't figure out the punchline of it. It's not necessary. Anyway. So, I, so I, I receive it and accept it. And, and you know. You know I care for you. Just know that Damon's deprecating himself in his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to play a little game because I, in something that you just said, I had a direct follow-up question, but I have a sense that Daniel has a similar thread. So I just want to kiss. I'm going to play a little game and see if you, if you don't, I can just ask it. But I want to see if you have a thought Ooh, of where I to do go. Have a follow-up and question. if it's if it's the same way I would have went. This is this is a little test. Oh man, of our of our uh, Zoom Simpatico. ESP over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How are we gonna know if you're telling the truth? Based, I, I'll just we can trust it on the honor system that okay. what you say is what I'm uh, gonna yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so my follow up question is really a projection, uh, and what I would imagine could be true, which is that like comfort or the assertion of like the validity of being that type of softness or tenderness. I could imagine looking for a space where that can be a way of being at home and being comfortable could have been part of what brought you into this movement and creative work. And so I'm curious, how did you relate to that softness, uh, you know, 10 years ago and how has that shifted for you? Mm. I just want to, just to, for the sake was of the game. Was that not your question? It was in the, th- <laughs> it's, it's in the, it's in the, the river. I think it's a better question chronologically. It's, it's, it is the, in the flow of what I was trying to go for. I'm going to follow up with what I had with, with that. That was a great job. All right. I, I like Thank that you. we did that. <laughs> Word. Um, so I guess what's interesting is like, it's almost like I, I would call it not even being soft, right? I would almost call it like a version of being good empathetic. If you think about like what like black and brown folks go through in the, in the hood, like on a normal basis, whether it's Chicago or anywhere, like a lot of the times the ability to, go to your homie and be like, bro, are you good? You know what I'm saying? Just on some, like, our homie just got shot or, like, you know, we just saw some wild shit just take place and we haven't really had time to decompress. Like, are you okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, that came really from me not getting or not really having when I was coming up. Being raised in Chatham, um, being raised at Tule Park, you know what I'm saying? Like, being adopted, uh, being raised by my grandparents. Shout out to grandma. Yeah, you, you know what? <laughs> Shout out to grandma, man. Um, it, it's, it's it's so funny you bring her up because, you know, um, we haven't been talking, you know, mm. a lot lately just because of, you know, um, miscommunications, um, you know, when I got arrested, like a lot of shit. And I think this is the most, as an artist, that I've channeled her in my art 
damn near since I've even known you, Damon. Like she taught me in her own way how to be, I guess, emotionally open to people. And I didn't learn how to do that through the organizer community, to be honest with you. Like if anything, I think I learned more of the principles and morals that people are um, trying to make sure are normalized now as far as like uplifting black and brown LGBTQ folks specifically. But I think trying to be more softer as a black cis hetero man, I think I learned that more from like the brothers in the organizer community. Obviously, like, you know, like Damon and like the work that you've done, you know what I'm saying, with like uh, Let Us Breathe, but like more importantly, like the brother circles, but like individuals like, you know, Malika Lean and like how he really just showed me how to just be a regular nigga in a room with the people that are smarter than you. You know what I mean? Like I've always <laughs> truthfully always felt that I was like not the smartest in like these organizing spaces that I'm always in. Like I've always been like, oh damn, like they just really carry themselves like this and like that. And you know, I'm I'm born and raised in Chicago. Like I, I I'm I've never shied away from that, but I've always felt like, you know, I was just never like the person people would want to go to when someone is like, oh, can you speak on, you know restorative and transformative anything i'm just like i don't know but like being around these individuals i just spoke of like they really reminded me of like yo like just just be you you know what i'm saying and like offer what you can into the space and respectfully that's kind of what made me even more to like dive more into what does it mean to be a black masculine identified person and you're trying not to take up space but you're also trying to make sure that you're you know learning and unlearning shit that's toxic to your growth as an individual, not necessarily as a black man, but just like as a human being. And it's like, that shit stemmed from just not having a dad like figure or, or, or a masculine figure in my life being like, yo, it's okay to cry or it's okay to, you know, question, or it's okay to, you know, challenge something. It's okay to like build more into something. You know what I'm saying? And like, not get like reprimanded for it. So yeah, I hope that answers that question. Right? Yeah, it, it does. We're flowing now. I, I, and it flows, you know, directly into my half of the game of the build off of this notion of how you're talking about your relationship to tenderness. And, you know, also just want to receive what you said and, and honor Malik. Also, and <laughs> at first I had like a, like a clinch of like, I want to stop you from self deprecating, but, but in hearing you and understanding what you really mean, uh, one, I think that's, just a powerful model of example of like the way in which hierarchy or codes of intellect or status kind of gets like baked into our spaces and like figuring out how to navigate and, and maneuver that. And that's something that he certainly did well and with intention, but also like with a that, smoothness. That so was it, his blueprint, man. It was like a stump speech, but it, it, it certainly was something that he named, that he discussed, that he interacted with. And so just in hearing that about his legacy, I, I want to receive that. But my, my question comes back to you. I want to name the relationship of like your work in general and your art, which I think your art is in your work. But there, there is something a little specific that I see and I'm trying to specify and want to say with the caveat, like one of the things we've struggled with on this show is we we want to talk to artists, but hypervisual work is like difficult to have discussion about sometimes in the audio format where we can't like look at it or be in conversation with the visual. So that's something mm. I'm trying to navigate in this question. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'll just get to it. Your work as a photographer has been, you know, documenting the intersections community. So for the last 10 years, you've been, you know, taking portraits of movement and, and performers oftentimes in their space or in their habitat. But what I've really seen you do as a, as a photographer and the, the, the more, I don't even got the language, like exhibitionist type pieces that I've seen you create and develop have been centered around that tenderness that you said you needed and wasn't afforded to you and that you're striving in a political or in a social sense to like advocate for or make more room for. But what I think you do exceptionally well is whether it's with young people, whether it's with black men, but just in general, capturing vulnerability, capturing tenderness, and using that as a way to make more space to process, to heal, and to build you know relationships and community together. So I, I want to talk a little bit. You might have better language than we do about like how your eye 
locates and creates that hood empathy that you're you're naming is like your ethic. You know what's funny is like um, it, it it took a lot of and my grandma calls them because again her uh, artist name is Phoenix Rising, and so the definition of a phoenix is rebirth, and so. She's always said that not a lot of people are given in their life these rebirth moments that really help you understand, you know, not where you stand as an individual for other people, but where you stand as an individual for your own self-reflection. And I think this city truly had to make me realize like my value and just like everything you just said, because in the year 2020, uh, when we got arrested at the Battle for Hyde Park, they're calling it now. <laughs> I personally wasn't interested in taking photos anymore. Like I was just like, I'm, I'm cool on this shit. And the reason why was because I just didn't feel the support from like really anybody in the community. It really wasn't even anyone's fault. It was more so just like this organized community as productive and as powerful as it can be. A lot of people can also get left to the sidelines a lot of the time. And it just seemed like it for me at that moment, I just did not feel that people just had the time because it was so much happening in like seconds. And I mean, like shit was happening in seconds. And yeah, I just didn't feel like I had anything important to say that no one cared about. And it wasn't until Good Kids Mad City had a jail support for Mohawk Johnson and the little homies, the kids that are in these streets, these younger organizers, it was when they started acknowledging like, oh, thought poet, can you like tell us what we need to do to like do this jail support. And I'm just like, well, let me reach out to this person. Oh, wait, they're not there. Let me reach out to like all of the organizers that particularly me and you came up with, they weren't around. And it wasn't even because of anything particular. It was just like niggas was tired. Niggas was burnt out. It was just like a lot of, you know, people just weren't able to be present. I wasn't even understanding that everything that we were going through in 2020 was history. I was only doing what we had. I, I dare say be trained to do in these organizing spaces, which is to take up space and to advocate for people that, that can't advocate for themselves. And so when it comes to taking these photos, that was always my intention was like, damn, like this would be a dope photo. You know what I'm saying? Of like, you know, Damon, like chilling with the, the homies and talking on Seven Knife and Cottage. You know what I'm saying? Like this would be a dope photo of, you know, uh, people giving our mutual aid or this protest or that protest. But I didn't, think about how me just trying to like get like some photos off was like me really being a documentary or a historian as people have called me. But again, it was seeing people constantly like gravitate to what I was doing and realizing that the stories that I tell on my photos, that people aren't necessarily getting these stories from like a Chicago Sun-Times or even from the Chicago Reader. Like these platforms don't know how to tap into Black Chicago or tap into the communities that we know we have access to. And because of that, a lot of stories don't get told. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, taking photos of what happened with Adam Toledo and taking photos of what happened when the Breonna Taylor uh, verdict was said, like all of these moments, even in the past two years, have really like told a huge story in Chicago. And like my work helps tell that story. And again, like when it come back to that tenderness, I really had to take a step back in my mind and realize that these photos truly are moments that when people are asking even five years from now, what the hell happened in Chicago? Like we are able to tell that story, not even just on the organizing side, but also on the Chicago hip hop and music side. And just with what I've been working on in 2022 alone, as far as like, you know, helping the Chicago music scene like really rebirth itself after certain gatekeepers and institutions had to take like a side space and like, you know, take a step back and shit. Like all of it's so connected. And that's why like how you just worded it is like, I didn't even realize just how connected, you know, the organizing and the music and the self-healing and all of these other communities are in this city because again, 2020 really just like shook everything up. And it was like the people that have been doing this work like consistently and genuinely for like the last 10 years and, and, and even then some, it wasn't like they were doing anything any different. It was just like those, those people started getting like more reception, it felt like. 
but we were always doing the same shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why people had to take a step back and rest because it was so tiring because people truly didn't know who to look to, but the work still needed to be done. You know what I'm saying? And I think with my art, my photography, I kind of took on that same approach as like the work needs to be done. And so it needs to be documented. Mm, Yeah. To, To that point, I'm hearing you come to a realization of that position of your work through the midst of that in 2020. So you're saying that before that moment, you didn't necessarily like see it as that kind of like documenting history making contribution. It was just like your craft, basically. I'm going to be honest with you. I was really looking at it as, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm like learning from all of these great and intelligent people. But I didn't think that people really took my art seriously. I didn't think that people even really cared that much about what I was doing. And it was really only because I wasn't really like confidently taking up space when I needed to take up space. And I think if you would have asked me that question maybe two, three years ago, I'd have been nervous to answer it because I wouldn't have wanted to like piss anyone off. But it was like with everything I've gone through, like in the past two years, I really had to understand that. I did not value myself. Like, I did not think what I was doing was important. And it wasn't until I started really understanding, like, damn, like, I really have been doing this. And I wasn't doing it for clout. I wasn't doing it, you know, for someone to be like, hey, like, Thought Poet takes nice photos. Like, you know, have him work on this. Like, I wasn't doing it for, like, resources or opportunity. I was doing it because I really just like to create these moments. You know what I'm saying? And Yeah, like I can honestly tell you, like before that, I was not in a good space. Like before 2020, like I was in an I was in an abusive relationship. You know what I'm saying? I I was in a very strained relationship with my family, even to this day. You know what I'm saying? And so when I was taking photos, I wasn't looking at it as I'm really documenting history that no one else has. Like I was looking at it as this is me trying to channel whatever like depression I have going through like that that was that like me shooting was there and yeah when I felt like no one was listening to me after you know I got arrested and shit I just was like yeah like fuck it but it was like that's when I started understanding me the most and this self-healing journey has been really interesting because I've been really trying to use my art to continue telling that story because that's what brought me into wanting to organize in the first place was me seeing that people weren't telling these stories and these stories needed to be told. So, Daniel, I think I'm going to need you to tag team with me and help me massage this into a question. We try to have a principle of not asking questions that we can't answer ourselves. And so I'm feeling that pull of that tension or I want to be like transparent about that. So if you, if you can help me out as I, as I, as I work through this, but Chris, you, you, you know, you've mentioned and referenced kind of as 2020 uh, many times as a turning point. And I just kind of want to, I don't know, talk about that moment or, or acknowledge, even if we don't have to go in further depth. Um, but, you know, for those who may not be familiar or tuning in later, you know, in the first day of uprising here in Chicago, there were many moments of violence and standoffs. And one that was, you know, prominent and significant was many organizers were brutalized in Hyde Park. And you and I were two of the folks that were arrested alongside my partner, Jennifer, as well. One, I want to also acknowledge in the point of why I said, Daniel, can you tag team as I go through this is that also was a life-changing trajectory shifting moment in my life. Uh, And then also, I think, because there was so much work to be done and so much attention that was temporarily available, like really dove into it. And am now and like even re-injuring myself, like dealing with some of the, the longing impacts of that also. Uh, but, you know, in that time, we, we shared the back seat of the cop car together to the station. We were in the little police locker room together for five to six hours and we shared a jail cell after being processed together. Um, So that was, you know, probably a 12 to 16 hour 
ordeal that was, you know, at the height of intensity that we shared together. Um, and just, you know, from that place, want to re-offer love, re, you know, acknowledge how difficult that was to experience and that we experienced it together. Um, and the question that I was thinking to ask is like, how are you doing since <laughs> that? Or, or how have you dealt with a process? But like, I'm struggling or I wouldn't know how to answer that question myself. So I don't, that's not what I want to leave you with, but I really wanted to name and make sure we record and document the the connection we had through that experience. Yeah. I think one, one question that could come out of that is like, what did it feel like to be together? Like the two of you through that experience? Man, I, I feel like this. Um, I think people are still just now understanding that, you know, getting arrested isn't fun. Getting arrested. <laughs> isn't that demeanor? Like, that shit is not fun, bro. Like, I think people, like, I think people really thought we were, like, on some, you know. Like, we tried uh, to. Like, it, yeah, and, it, it, it wasn't a civil disobedient, like. Like, it was not get the me fucking thing. move, bro, at all. Like, that was, like, not at all the move. And. I've been arrested on purpose, and that was much different. And, and, and see, even in that, right? Like, even in understanding, like, you know, getting arrested on purpose as an organizer and understanding the work and the 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 the, the preparation that goes into even that is like, that's not no like, oh, guys, let's try to do this thing, and then like, let's hope like hell it works and people cover it on TV. It's like, no, like, it takes a lot of preparation that moment was not a moment where everybody was like on one accord. Like that moment was complete fucking chaos. Even in the moment where we were even not in the car and we were both getting our ass whipped in a group of cops. You know what I'm saying? And I look up and the first person that's trying to help me up is David Ellis. You know what I'm saying? Who had me and him had issues for a whole two years. (laughs) Everything that could have happened that was crazy happened. That was crazy. Like, you couldn't have told me that Damon and me would have been in the back of a cop car together. You couldn't have told me that I would have saw him, you know, being just emotional as hell watching his partner get trampled on by cops. Like, you couldn't have told me that shit was going to happen like that because we did not plan for none of that shit to happen. And it's like, I pray if anybody hears any of this shit after this, know that, 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 you know, I'm still here. I still have like a head injury doctor visits that I'm still trying to go to and cover just because I'm still having severe headaches from what happened. You know what I'm saying? I'm still processing it even to this day, but I'm understanding like each day that it had a very significant impact because people really didn't think that Chicago was going to show up to support its communities. The only reason we were there was we was trying to make sure that youth were not being arrested because other people were looting because it was a lot of looting taking place, but it wasn't even happening by black and brown folks. It was like different people going into different communities and just like really doing crazy shit where it was like, all we were there in High Park was to make sure that, you know, the, the action, you know, came and went peacefully. <laughs> we tried to make like, sure no one got hurt or arrested. Like that was, that was it. We that were was coming it. To like, I promise you that was it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, you know, when we, you know, in the cop car, at the station, in the jail cell, like, I'm also realizing what, what, what does it actually mean to feel safe? I had to understand in that moment, like, what does it mean to, like, truly, like, try to, like, protect those that you care about, right? And the reason why I say that is, like, when we were in the cell, I had a moment where I realized, I'm like, yo, if I didn't get arrested with this particular person, no one would have known where I was. There would have been no attorney or no anybody or anything that would have been like, yeah, we got to get him out. Like I'd have been treated just like any particular black and brown youth that got arrested that day. It was like in holding for like hours to damn their dates. It was just so much of the same negative energy that has been in the organized community. And that negative energy is that we don't, truly try to just give more grace and i know that sounds weird to even say but it's like in that moment it was like a lot of more grace needed to be given it was an all eyes on us type of situation it was an all hands on deck type of situation but emotionally i don't think anyone was really processing what folks were going through it was like we had to produce we had to produce and again that is something that i've been really processing 
even since that moment, because that's something that needs to change in the organized community as a whole, is that we have to learn how to really take care of each other. Like we, we, we are amazing at helping come and be present for folks and like, you know, produce, you know, sit-ins and, and actions and, you know, uh, create these moments that are like very historic, but we don't truly think about like what happens to folks that are in those moments that we can't predict. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are we trying to be there and support them? Or can we even be there and support them? And sometimes it's okay to be like, yo, I can't, I can't do this. Like I have to sit down. I have to rest. I have to step back. I have to, you know, do what I need to do to like better myself or like save myself. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was just, it was, it was definitely a learning and still am learning experience. So. Yeah. And just to like expound on or clarify the, like the detail, cause even some, you know, my memory has shifted from, you know, as time has, has traveled from that, from that space, but just the ways in which like we learn how the state works or how they disappear folks or how unaccountable or how irresponsible or just also disorganized uh, police and policing can be because, you know, after hours of them using COVID to deny legal representation, even though they weren't following COVID protocols in the space at all, was finally able to talk to, to Brendan Schiller, one of the f- founders of the Westside Justice Center. And, and, you know, he was checking in, trying to see how I was doing. I was like, yeah, and, you know, and we got to get Chris out too. And he was like, what? Chris is here? Like, we've been looking for him. And they, they, the, the police had been saying for hours that you weren't in the station. And so, you know, just to that point of like being together, that was a, a moment that was really important for me to see was one, just like the lie and, and just the chaos that was happening, but also to be able to advocate, to be able to be in solidarity and to like get the information out and to make sure that we all got out together. Um, and the fact that we got out, but there were other people in there that weren't being advocated for. And so they just used this, you know, curfew bullshit to kind of just hold people kind of indefinitely or through the weekend in a, in a way that, that or it might not have been the weekend, but. No, some were. I mean, that's yeah. why even what's going on now, as far as like, you know, steps to make sure things like that never happen again, you know, for black and brown folks that, you know, do get arrested. Like that day, it was at different precincts all over the city where it was just like, like youth. Like it was like kids, 15, 16 years old that, you know what I'm saying? They, literally was just there you know what i'm saying like they had maybe had been just locked up beforehand cops was just swiping up motherfuckers that they just thought could have potentially have done something that day that day was a huge example of seeing police in their element like you had a whole dude in high park the day of with a whole automatic a semi-automatic weapon and no one knew why the hell dude was so strapped for a protest <laughs> he was just standing guard of the akira for like hours, you know what I'm saying? And we were all just like, okay, you know what I mean? But it was like, that's the type of force that not only started that day, but it kept going days after, you know what I'm saying? So that same type of force was at the the uh, the uh, Columbus action where you had Miracle from Good Kids Mad City get her whole teeth knocked out. People getting pepper spray. I got pepper spray and my ass looked at that action. And that was, to my knowledge, a little after the High Park situation. Yeah, it, was, it was within a month. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it, it, it was like what people have been trying to cover and like explain is that in 2020, there was so many examples of how the system and how systematic oppression is like very prepared to make sure that community is like put in their place. You know what I'm saying? Because that's really what a lot of this shit was. was just like trying to show people no matter what's going on, we are in control. You know what I'm saying? So like from the curfew being put into place, to all the shit we just talked about. Like, it was just a power move. And it was like, community saw it. And I I mean, for me, as an organizer, I think this was like some of the most vivid moments where you saw the problem and people still wanted to try and act like this shit didn't exist. Yeah, you're like confronted with with the gaslight of it in very real time. Yeah. And for folks who are interested or or unfamiliar with this story, uh, in the Ergo Archives, both Thought Poet and myself, like within 
pretty brief. I know mine was the next days, day. Yeah. Within a few yeah. days of that experience, kind of detailed more of what happened. And so if folks want to kind of hear fresh memory of of that experience, if you are excited to relive 2020. <laughs> I don't know. I invite folks to it, but it's also weird. This is also Not the beauty is, of the archive is. is y'all don't have to tell this story right now. That's why we document. Yeah, yeah, it. it was yeah. there. <laughs> you saw you were there. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I'm still in this question from the prep from Daniel, but it's something that I know That's and experience. Uh, just want to give credit. So, no, my wanna, prep is your prep, Dame. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was able to experience this intimately of the way in which I think early on it was pretty clear how you wanted to bring artistry to organization and like working for systemic liberation. Uh, but what I have seen and what I've I've appreciated is you have figured out how to organize space to create new conversation, to create new discourse, to facilitate, to collaborate with folks through your work. So, so I want to talk a little bit more about how, you know, space activation, um, as opposed to just going to the action or going to the concert to creating your own space around your craft and around your artistry and what you've learned from that and, you know, how you got to taking those steps. You know, it's funny. Um, and I guess I keep like giving a lot of credit to 2020 because again, like I wasn't thinking about, you know, how to necessarily do those things. Right. Like I was really focused on, again, trying to make sure that I was present for folks in the community to know, like, you know, if you need mutual aid, we can figure out how to get you that. If if you want to get some type of therapy, we can figure out someone to get you that. And, you know, I was truly just so, like, focused on that. I was, like, trying to figure out how to be lazy and, like, do, like, a big-ass task and make it easier on me. <laughs> and That's so, not like, lazy. That's for, effective organizing. <laughs> for the now, but see, for me, on some hood shit, I was just like, yo, like, I'm doing a lot more work than I should be doing, and I'm trying to make this easier on me. So, like, how am I going to do that? And, like, people be like, oh, my God, he did this. Because, like, my grandma, she's a very well-known artist. She always had this ability to, like, create very powerful bodies of art and like under 24 hours right so like someone would be like oh my god you took months and months to make this shit and she did it like the like a couple of hours before because she had been bullshit like the whole entire time so like for me when i started getting into um you know building out bodies of work that actually are telling stories and are actually you know manifesting spaces of conversation for folks to talk about important things it was more so like, okay, I know I love shooting. I know I love doing art. I've been organizing for like weeks and weeks on in straight. I've been doing protests, the protests, just shooting and shooting. Let's do something that's different, right? The media platform just kind of started reaching out. They were like, yeah, we want you to uh, help us with this idea. And I was just like, okay, cool, cool. And I'm just like, yeah, let's do this, 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 and this. And I can reach out to this person, reach out to that person. And then I started understanding that they kept reaching out to me because, again, they truly had no idea how to facilitate these really important conversations and then not come off as ingenuine. That's when, again, I started really understanding more about my value because these like moments that I was creating, I didn't realize that I was really one of the only people that can make these moments. But one of my photo series, Sad Boy Energy, that's a series that I had been working on really just because I was like, yo, like we always talk about toxic masculinity, but we never talk about, you know, what births toxic masculinity or how can you not be toxic masculine or, you know, is it ever possible for a black man that's cis hetero to not ever be toxic masculine or whatever. Right. And so I just started taking photos and I just started having conversations with black men that I knew was either somehow trying to challenge themselves to be different on some, like, I'm not trying to be on some, like, neo, like, gentleman type shit, but I'm also trying to be less, like, you know, I'm just trying to be less problematic, right? I'm trying to actually unlearn really problematic things that us as Black men can, like, pick up, right, from because of oppression and shit. And so, you know... Can I, can I, I give you some language? I'm sorry, yeah. I don't want to interrupt. I just want to... 
I don't know why I keep using massage today. I'm gonna. I just want to massage the leg. How, how are your shoulders? Like this is a. <laughs> what are we talking about? This how hard me. it is to ask yeah. for what you need? Oh, manifest. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I want to massage that the language of not being problematic, because I think this also kind of plays to some things we talk about in some of our ergo workshops of like not replicating harmful power structures and dialogue. And I just want to push that like. You're not just advocating to be less harmful or pushing yourself to, you know, not be bad, so to speak. You're also making space for liberatory existence, right? So how do we not just not be problematic? How do we have a liberatory relationship to human beings, to gender, to our own humanity as folks who identify or have been conditioned or labeled as men in society? So I just want to give that, like, you're not just making space to undo a negative you're also making space for more freedom and i just want to like acknowledge that and offer that that language shift that was always something that like when it came to creating these spaces i always worried about right because i was always worried about you know do i have the right language or do i have the right facts or do i have the right you know resources to get the point across about what it is i'm trying to say right and Again, because of, uh, you know, collaborating with individuals like yourself, Damon, I've really started to understand, like, because this is about community, I could present the idea and I can start building from it. Right. And so going back to the Sad Boy Energy piece, we had an exhibition and we had a, a circle where we were literally just talking about, you know, very, very, very simple concepts of like, you know, what does it mean to be learning and unlearning toxic things and shit like that. And we had uh, a person who got pissed because I think the statement was um, black men are like the white people of like black people or some shit. Like, <laughs> so, I hope I got it right. But like, no, that's, that, I mean, that's the, the, the gist. That's not exactly. So it, I wanna, it wasn't exactly like a, that, but it was a very complicated <laughs> statement that you had to really listen to. Right. Yeah. And it was like, once you heard it, it was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. But like at, at first hearing of it, most black men would be like, so what you trying to say? You trying to say a woo-woo? And it was like, damn, that's crazy. And it just showed us like we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 want, to, I want to jump in on, on that moment because I because I was hoping we got there because that was Shit, wh- white people don't even like being called white people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's facts though. That's facts though. Because um, I, I, w- I was grateful. And just felt the responsibility because like at that time, this came out of like, you know, two or so years of programmatic addressing of patriarchy, particularly in like movement spaces that was done internally and like not done in like a publicized. This doesn't exist on the Internet. It's not being promoted or it, it was it was through relationship and and done in a way to not amplify or build a platform on it. Um, and out of that partnered with this, you know, your Sab Boy Energy exhibition and wanted to have a teach-in circle that you that you asked me to come facilitate. And so we're talking about gender, we're talking about power dynamics. And part of the intention was that it would be an open space. So there was also non-Black folks there. There was also folks across the gender spectrum. And there were also just, it was in Boxville. So that's right off the train and just like a, a popular area. So there was just a, a, a community member that folks kind of know um, that, you know, can have like, Let's let's call it a wide spectrum of behavior. And he just like kind of skateboarded up and just saw that we was popping, we was chilling and just like sat in the circle and participated with like good intention for a long time. And then in the conversation of talking about black men's relationship to the black community and comparing the sociological position between black men and white women as folks that have this contradictory identity of dominated and dominator oppressed and oppressive and we all have you know multiple identities that push us in different ways but one just learning from black women there has been a lot of naming of how those two contradictory thrusts exist near each other um and the opening claim of the why we were having the space is like more or less what i was naming and you know you shared is like i don't know any black men per se that have not struggled deeply with mental health in some type of capacity or inflicted significant emotional or physical harm on women and femmes. And often that those two are at 
the intersection. Um, and so then in naming that and then talking about the, the, the social impact of black men, basically a mental health episode started like violently happening in the space. It was, it was triggering. Um, and then folks had to like respond and use some of the principles of like restorative, you know, space making like in real time while trying to talk about the ideas in engaging somebody in community. Uh, and like the police was right there. So trying to make sure that he, the, the guy didn't get arrested. Um, I'm working on this concept around like messiness and and how we need to learn from messy moments. Like in, in the time there was like a messiness to it, but it also felt very appropriate and like almost like live art making <laughs> that like the, 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 the embodiment of what we were trying to address yeah. like came and then happened. And then we had to, then he left and then we had to process like, well, what does this mean? If like, this is, not uncommon in the community. This is a kind of a daily experience and we're here trying to like analyze about it. So I just want to one, give you kudos for like creating that space, but also like that shit kind of fussy up too. <laughs> no, nah, bro, like, 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 like dude, honestly, I just got my little butcher paper. I'm just trying to draw my little diagrams and, and do some community definitions. <laughs> and, and, and since that moment, since that very moment, like I've had more moments where I've had that, that same uh, setup where, you know, I create a gallery or an exhibition and, you know, I, I create some type of space where, you know, there's a conversation that could be had around the art or around the topic or around something that's of importance, you know, to building community. Because that's all of the galleries I've had since 2020. It's like, you know, it's dealing with art, but it's about, you know, you know, really having conversations about building into community and different topics that we face. And those are normal like type of situations where like, you know, folks will get very excited or folks will, you know, really have something to say at the events. And at first I used to be kind of like, like paranoid. I'm like, oh, damn, like someone's going to be like, you know, some crazy shit happened at a Thought Poet event. We're going to never go to a gallery of his again or something. But like, I really started seeing like those moments are needed because in a lot of ways, like black and brown folks do not have these conversations in other spaces, right? Like going back to the sad boy energy, Black men do not meet like that normally, you know what I'm saying, to talk about how do you even, like, you know, touch power dynamics and gender and stuff like that. And that's all I've been trying to really focus on lately as far as, like, how my art is implemented into communities, making sure that now more than ever is really a representation of everything that I've been learning while being a part of this Chicago community, because half the shit I be making exhibits about is stuff that I've struggled with, you know, coming into the organizing community. Um, when I first became a part of uh, Black Youth Project 100, I think one of the biggest things I was like trying to learn was, you know, organizing under a Black feminist lens. And organizations, and not all, not all, right? But a lot of, a lot of organizations that, you know, try to create like an abolition type presence or, you know, really try to learn different political things, Sometimes they are not focused on caring about their people. And when I had to leave Black Youth Project 100 in 2020 because of getting arrested, I wasn't really supported from them. And then like the things that was going on, like right after that, like I had to really focus on like, okay, how am I going to like stand on my own? Because when I left, I, I, I felt broke. Like I, I was like, damn, bro, I'm not getting no type of support. I don't know how I'm going to really just like, be myself and I just stopped caring and I just started trying to do stuff just because it was like the right thing to do and because I thought that it was needed and it just kind of came from there with all of these events and all of these moments I'm trying to create I'm trying to really make sure that you know that narrative that was a part of the Chicago community at one point where you couldn't come in and try to find like a political home because, you know, maybe you're not looked at or you're not maybe like uh, feeling included. I really want to change that narrative. Like my goal is to change Chicago's narrative about like us not supporting each other. Like if, if, if you're from here, the term Chicago hates you. Well, a lot of people know what that means. And for me, even though I know it, my goal has always been to change it. Because like when you, when you think about hip hop and you think about like New York and like Cali, you always think about like how the OGs are always super thirsty to help like the ones that are like behind them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the goal is to help everybody basically eat. And that's always been the goal for me is to really just change that narrative. Like, yeah, Chicago don't support Chicago. Like, no, 
we really are trying to support each other. We really are trying to build into community because again, we keep learning that that's the only way we're going to like lack a better word, get free. You know what I'm saying? Like putting money and putting resources into community and pushing, you know, community-based organizations. That's how we truly see change and moments, especially that like we're in right now. So, so we're, we're coming up on, on time, but, there, there feels like some real parallel to where we have circled back to. It feels like we've done a revolution and are, are coming back to, to this origin of support. It's kind of like the beginning and the end of what you like are advocating for and are trying to offer and stand in more of, of how you need it. But also, I think it is what all of this stuff is about, right? Like, how do we create systems, spaces, structures, patterns, habits, uh, practices that makes support more normal, more natural, and more proactive and responsive to people's needs. And so kind of with that as, as our revolution, where do you feel your vision or your work taking that mandate forward, um, whether that's creatively in organizing work or in your own personal healing journey? I've been really busy with um, working with a lot of uh music artists in the city um because that's like a whole another part of my life is when i first came into the chicago scene uh i was doing a lot of music writing so a lot of music journalism and so i've been just basically helping out and like getting back into that aspect so uh i've been helping artists like mother nature um heavy crowns if you're familiar with him and the uh, great thinkers collective um, but I'm also that Mother been, Nature Renzel shoot was dope, and shout out to their their new project. But that yeah, that, that was the, that's that was whole, the reader, right? The, the, the yeah, cover that was there. yeah, that was that's that's like a whole thing. We made a whole documentary um, where we were talking about. Thank you. I'm I'm being it's one of I'm a fan, so I, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. It's one of the best shoots I've I had seen from you. I was like very the way like the space like created part of the story and then also was like deeply in conversation with what their project was i was very proud to not only see you do it but then see it also be publicized in the way so that's just some more gas of like no you, i really still i really the appreciate that and i and, and what's so crazy about that mother nature shoot is like everything about it is chicago everything about it is inglewood specifically like even the location we shot is an inglewood location it's, it's like for everyone they're like what that's inglewood that's crazy but like um Mother Nature, who, uh, you know, is consisting of two black women MCs, have been doing this uh, hip hop organizing work in general on top of them doing their music. And so for them to work with Renzel, who, again, like if folks aren't familiar, like bro, helped Chance the Rapper create 10 Day, but he also like helped Mick Jenkins, Smino, No Name. Like if you're a Chicago music head or a Chicago creative anything, when it comes to like what's been out or coming out in the last 10 years, that's a very big thing. And it's like, for me, I've been trying to, again, like really work on all the aspects of like, what can we do to better community? So like when it comes to the creativity that we're getting from our city, making sure that the people that are like really pushing their art, like they're also pushing for community as well and making sure that all of these things are connected. And that's been a lot of what I've been working on as of late is that um, I got some galleries coming up. But I think, again, with everything that I've been working on, everything that I'm going to be putting out, I'm going to be really pushing for Chicago to support Chicago. I don't want people to just support me. I want you to know that when you look at my social media, you're going to see individuals that you need to be supporting. You need to support the work they do because it's important. And also, like, these people don't normally get talked to or like their stories aren't being heard every single moment. You know what I'm saying? But it's like their work is so pivotal to how we view Chicago community right now. You know what I'm saying? Especially in Inglewood, but just like specifically on the South and West sides, like them doing this work is so important. And that's the biggest thing I want folks to like not be afraid to do is just don't be afraid to support people. Like if you see somebody sharing a GoFundMe, like share that shit. Like that is sometimes the only time a kid may be able to eat is if you share their GoFundMe or share a mutual aid that you see. Like, don't be afraid to like ask how you can help. Again, going back to 2020, so much stuff changed, but that same question of, oh, how can I help? How can I be a part of this? Like, that's still a question that people ask, specifically white allies, obviously, but like people still are asking that question. 
the work is right here. You know what I'm saying? Like the mayor of this city Sucks. is not about to help. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they, they, like she's not about to, you know, go out of her way to help the community, even though you keep seeing her at Inglewood, you know, speaking at different events and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like the only way this shit is going to work is if we're advocating for resources to be put into community organizations that are actually doing the work in real time. So that's that's beautiful to hear. And I think that's a great thing for, for people to be left with. Um, are there any other projects going on? Anything else that you want people to know uh, before we get on out of here? Yeah, so definitely uh, shout out to Neighborscapes. Um, that's an organization that I work with. And again, the goal of Neighborscapes is to turn renters, specifically in Inglewood, into homeowners. Um, and so we basically uh, revamp a lot of abandoned properties in Inglewood. And we basically move folks in for uh, affordable rent. And all they basically have to do is do community hours on top of paying their rent. Um, and the community hours is basically just being present in Inglewood. Um, and also, I want to plug my open mic um, in the land. We, we just finished our third open mic a couple of days ago, actually the day that my dad passed. And that's been something that's been really beautiful just because it's in Inglewood. And our goal is to really just, again, continue changing the narrative that, you know, you got to go up north or you got to go downtown to go to an open mic to get recognized for your art. Like, no, you can you can go to open mics or different events in Inglewood and, you know, get love just as well. And lastly, we're working on our uh, People Power Peace Walk um, 2. Oh, the sequel. it's a franchise it started from last year it started from last year because um a lot of there was like a lot of uh people saying that there was violence going on in inglewood um that was also when that police officer got shot and they tried to say that it happened in inglewood and so uh myself and some other inglewood organizations was like yeah let's do a, a basically a protest or a march uh where we give out mutual aid and just like let inglewood and the city know that you know this is where it's at. Like we're trying to build and we just need support with that. So um, that's going to be happening in August. Yeah. It's beautiful to hear you naming all of these different roles and types of things that you're building. Cause I think, and this is what I want to leave you with is like what I heard strongest in this conversation is this like assumption of the different pieces that you can bring and really holding that for yourself and assuming those roles and you know, not to be like glib about it, but the type of like transformation that comes from participation and you are like, I think the prime example of what does it mean to participate? And so to see that transformation into these types of roles and the types of things that you're able to make now, I just want to like commend you on that. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I'm excited to see you like, and encourage you to like, keep, keep walking in that, keep standing in those, those new types of roles and the spaces that you can build because you've learned a lot. You know how to do a lot of things and you're, you're an expert in showing up. Right. And that is incredibly (laughs) valuable. I appreciate that. And, and people need that example and they need that kind of encouragement. So it's just beautiful to see you move into making all kinds of different things and, and build those, those containers, not just reflect them back through your lens. So kudos to you. And I'm excited to see you continue to do that. Thanks so much, man. And thank y'all for having me. I really appreciate y'all having me on this show. Like, for real, of for course. real. Of yeah, course. Nah, it means it's, it's, it's taking too long. And I also want to, you know, as you named, just offer condolences to, to you and your family for the, the transition and the, the loss of your father. And I, I admire the way in which you are, like, standing in an intentional spirit to build from that legacy and from, from that transition. And so even just having this conversation in this time is a testament to how your spirit perseveres through multiple terrains. And so uh, just to hear still how, how positive and hopeful you work in being as we, you know, honor mama Miriam and, and saying hope is a discipline. Like you are, are studied in that, in that discipline. Thank you. Thank not. Thank you for saying that. Um, like I said, he was, he was a, extraordinary person my relationship with him my relationship with chicago in general has taught me to be the bigger person when it comes to again like learning things that you need to learn accepting the apologies you may never like get you know what i'm saying but also just like you know growing for your own self and like realizing like you have to be your own inspiration and your own motivation to like change and like get better with things 
And, you know, having homies like you and Kiss and knowing, like, you know, the stuff that y'all have done, it's almost like I better be working on some shit that helps because I have I have people that I've been building with and knowing for years that's been on the same shit. So while y'all giving me my flowers, I want to give y'all y'all flowers because y'all been doing the work just as much as I have. So. Yeah. Yeah, but it's your episode. So yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. We just celebrated uh, ourselves at yeah, Nazi around three hundred. People have so. people people have tuned my out. House, my house is <laughs> overflowing with flowers at this moment. Um, I really, I really. <laughs> and they are quickly wilting. Um, <laughs> in the in the spirit of support, I think the last thing, is there anything, whether you know, in this time of, you know, grief and transition or just in general, are there types of support that we and or our audiences might be able to offer? Um, I think if folks uh, would, would, would uh, be able to just share the GoFundMe that's going around right now. Um, they also could fund but, the GoFundMe, for the record. I, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to say if white allies could donate <laughs> and, 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 and other, and people other with folks money. Could, could share. <laughs> or, the, you know, whoever wants to share, because um, my family, they actually was like, you know, uh, we don't think that they're going to give. And I'm like, ma, I'm, I have people that believe in community just as much as I do. And so if I ask, they're going to try to help. If folks could just um, share or, or, or donate to the GoFundMe. For, um, your, for your father's. Yeah, we're, we're trying to have his funeral. Uh, and again, like, I hate to say this, but we're like most Black families and we're learning that the funeral process is uh just as bad as you know the hospital process in america and so um we're, we're definitely trying to be timely with how we're doing things but yeah if people could just share because all of that's going to my sister um uh, and my grandma directly because yeah he was he was a very chicago person born out west you know what i'm saying um just a really cool dude so it would be cool to really be able to honor him the way that we we he would want to be so I can like see that on the engraved, a very Chicago person is like a great claim with everything that means, you know? And it's so funny, Damon, you brought up the um, Mother Nature and Zale photos because like that was for me as well, I thought was one of my best shoots. I don't know, I guess I've just been channeling out like different things that make me who I am as a person. And uh, my granddad, one of the first things he did when he saw that work, he uh resonated with Renzel because bro liked to wear sunglasses. <laughs> and <laughs> if anyone know my granddad, he loved wearing sunglasses. He got that shit, I think, from like Bernie Mac, but also just like <laughs> also I'm like Chicago. Like if you ever met a Chicago Wait, nigga, like oh I guess when he got wearing, older, like, like the little yeah. light tinted. I'm not saying Bernie ain't wearing sunglasses like that, but I know what you mean with like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? like transitional that, like, lens. Yeah. This is like exactly, post Kings, exactly. like exactly. Ocean's Eleven era sunglasses. I, I know and it was like about. that was some of his coolest <laughs> like if you really into Chicago style that was some of his like coolest looks you know what I'm saying and so my granddad was really into that shit <laughs> and so he was every time you saw him he wore some sunglasses man he always had on some, some fancy ass sunglasses I'm just like how do I and I didn't even realize that I was shooting so much with like like I love shooting uh, sunglasses people wearing sunglasses on and shit um, but it's a certain way I shoot it. And I didn't realize it was because of him. It was because of my dad. And so when he saw Renzel um, and he saw the photos, he was just like, that's a, that's a, that's a dapper young man right there. I'm like, no <laughs> one says dapper. <laughs> so, um, but nah, man, yeah, it, it would, it would mean a lot to him. So. For sure. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. It's a, it's a joy to, to be in space with you. Um, how can folks find you and your work in the ways you want to be found? Folks can definitely follow me on Instagram at uh, ThoughtPoet77. And yeah, uh, I would say Instagram, Facebook, uh, Isaiah ThoughtPoet Vinay. Um, and yeah. We're at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Kiss. I'm at Damon underscore AF. And we will be back on the line reshaping the culture of our city and world for the more liberatory and creative. Much love to the people. Peace.